You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. The eyes of the world, the eyes of the populations of the world are on you and we have your numbers. That lingering central please main and we'll see what comes next. We need to make sure that what sits there on a piece of paper is actually going to turn into tangible, actionable projects on the ground that are going to make a difference to people's lives. You're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Ewan Potts. And good afternoon, I'm Caroline Hepke. Has Boris Johnson lost control of his party? The Prime Minister suffered his biggest rebellion since taking office with almost 100 Tory MPs opposing his plan to mandate the use of Covid passes at nightclubs and other venues in England to stop the spread of the Omicron variant. Yes, the measure was passed, but Johnson had to rely on opposition Labour votes to get it over the line. Conservative MP Sir Geoffrey Clifton-Brown said that many will be considering whether the Prime Minister is fit to lead the party. We've had a very bad month in the last month. I think some members of the party will be thinking to themselves, we've got to have a change. I think that's, that's got to be on the cards and he's got to realise that. Well, new Bexley MP Louis French, elected just 12 days ago, decided his first action in Westminster would be to defy the Tory party whip. The rebellion means that another by-election tomorrow, this time in North Shropshire, looks increasingly dangerous for Boris Johnson. In normal times, it should be a safe hold for the Conservatives. They've got a majority of almost 23,000. But there are signs that the Liberal Democrats are running the Tory candidate close. Well, one MP who voted against the government's extra COVID restrictions, the COVID pass for large venues, mandatory vaccination for NHS workers and face masks in most indoor settings in England was Anne-Marie Morris, who is Conservative MP for Newton Abbott in Devon. And I'm pleased to say she joins us now. Anne-Marie, welcome to the programme. Thanks for being with us. Firstly, why did you vote against the measures? I felt the measures were, if you like, disproportionate to the challenges that we face. Now, clearly, we do face some very, very serious uh, challenges right now. Uh, and clearly, nobody can predict exactly where this is going to go. But looking at the evidence that we have to date, uh, looking at what has happened um, uh, in, other, in other countries, um, looking at the assessment that the government uh, made, which really only covered the impact in terms of numbers within the NHS itself, um, I didn't feel it was justified. I, I think also that for me, we have to be very clear that this is not just, and it cannot just be about uh, how do we manage the COVID issue and how do we keep people safe. It's about how do we manage the health and well-being of everybody in this country. 
and that includes people who have cancer. It's people who have heart problems. It's people who are going to find this very stressful and it's going to exacerbate mental health problems. And it's that side of it which I didn't think had been taken into account. And to be honest, for me, in addition, there was the issue of what the impact of this was going to be on the economy and particularly in uh, leisure uh, and tourism. And you'll appreciate that uh, Mm. coming from Devon, that industry is, for me, uh, very important. And I'm already having a number of businesses reporting very substantial drops in their bookings Mm. for what is their busiest period. Well, on that issue of pressure on the NHS, I think it's fair to say, depressingly, that we're probably just at the start of this uh, wave of Omicron. If things get a lot worse and it looks like the hospitals are getting I think, are getting out of control and those cancer operations you talk about start getting cancelled, will you perhaps change your mind on these restrictions? OK, let me tell you what I think the issue is here. I think that there are two things. There is, what do you do to reduce the pressure on the NHS? But the other piece, which I feel is sadly not being addressed, is what do you do to boost uh, the uh, the ability of the uh, NHS to cope? So what do you do about capacity? Now, you remember last time around that we opened Nightingale Hospital and took a number of different actions. Now, I think what's not yet happened is a proper review of what it is that we need to do differently. You, you may remember when I spoke yesterday, I wanted to see... Uh, an urgent task force established specifically to look at what can we do right now, I know it's difficult, I don't underestimate the challenges, to ensure that we are in a good place so we can cope Mm. with any surge come January, February. So for me, it's about what do we do in terms of managing the recruitment pipeline? What do we do at the retirement end? Because we know people are not continuing and a lot of that is down to some of the policies that we have around pensions. What do we do about better using those people actually within the system? So just by way of a small example, um, in hospitals, there are some things that doctors do that actually could be done by a nurse. Why is it then that the doctors carry on doing it? And it's because of the way that the budgeting system works. So Budgeting means well, it's that also if the... it's a nurse, it comes from one budget, and if it comes from a, a doctor, it comes from another budget. And everyone's but there's also a huge shortage budget. of nurses up and down up and down the country, which is a, a huge, also overriding issue. But look, let's just focus in on the public health policy. I mean, a if you wanted a task force to to look at these things, that should have been done surely in June. You know, when yes. when all of the health measures were removed and there was time to think about it. We're in the eye of the storm potentially in these weeks now. Um, so surely the the scientists and the medics are saying that we need these measures for public health policy. Everything else can wait, effectively. If you don't keep people from getting it and avoid prevent avoidable deaths, then the rest is all secondary. No, it's not. The two are absolutely inextricably linked. And I think the other thing that we have to be very mindful of is that these are best guesses. That we've seen models before, Uh, And I don't think any single one of them uh, has actually been even close to being right. So for me, there are are two challenges. Can we really put uh, as much trust in this modelling as the government seems to be putting? Uh, Frankly, if we look at the evidence, I don't think that we can. Um, And that, for me, is very important because the other side of all of these measures is increasing 
in the mental health. People are fearful. I have friends who won't even go out their door. This is something which is really damaging. This is not just something which is, uh, how should I put it, neutral on people's health. This will cause all sorts of problems. People not presenting for their checks for cancer. People not presenting when they don't feel well. And that then gives rise to a much bigger problem further down the line when the backlog we already have grows exponentially. And what do we do then? Mm. I just want to talk to you a bit more about the rebellion last night. 115 Conservative MPs failed to support the Prime Minister in a three-line a three-line whip. Now, clearly, there is a lot of feeling against the COVID restrictions amongst Conservatives. We've spoken to many on the, on the programme. But do you think that a number of Conservative MPs were expressing their dissatisfaction with the way that Number 10 has been run over this very difficult past month? That's a very interesting question, and I think it must be true that that is the case in uh, some decisions uh, on voting. But I think the reasons people voted the way they did were uh, quite varied. Uh, and I think, therefore, you're right to, to raise the point. But mm. I think there was a large chunk that were very concerned about the uh, proposals themselves, not just because of what those proposals did, but because of the direction of travel that he'd set. I mean, I have little doubt that we are going to find further restrictions. Okay. Uh, it may well be that it will be by guidance, not by uh, legislation, particularly given last night's vote. But more restrictions, I'm sure there will be. OK, so you do think that. Is there a leadership challenge then for Johnson come the new year? I think with regard to leadership challenges, it's all about competence, isn't it? Ultimately, mm. That's what makes or breaks um, a prime minister and his tenure. And I think at the moment, uh, there will be questions. We know there are questions um, around competence. And that's partly about how the prime minister is addressing some big policy issues. But it's also, I think, about, uh, and inevitably, I have to say, you know, party gates and the various other uh, issues out there. Um, Because... It seems to me that a prime minister has to be competent in the way he governs a country, competent in developing and delivering um, policies, uh, but they also have to be competent in dealing with uh, good and bad news, and they also have to be competent in that when they set a direction of travel, when they set legislation, they comply with it. Okay, Anne-Marie, do you think that the prime minister is competent? I think that that question uh, is very much in the melting pot right now. Uh, I do have some concerns about the way this COVID uh, matter is being addressed. And you can see that from what I've said and the way that I've voted. Mm. And I think for me, we're going to have to look at, I'm going to have to look at, where is he going with this COVID? Do I feel he's managing this competently and responsibly for the British public? But I'm also going to be looking at some of the other big policy areas, whether it's environmental policy, whether it's planning policy, whether it's housing policy, all of which have very significant um, impacts for all of us and my constituents. How how many of your colleagues agree with you on that competence question? I think most would agree that's what it's really all about. I mean, I'm sure that you're going to be uh, suggesting that there will be some who are looking at it purely in terms of their 
survival, the chances of them being re-elected come an election. And clearly there will be some that think about it in those terms. But I think for most, particularly those who have been uh, here uh, for a long time, it is about competence. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial Advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Well, now let's take a look at what else is happening in the world of politics. And for this, we're joined by Bloomberg reporter James Walcock. Uh, James, what is uh, Walcock's Westminster take? I think this is a new little segment. Is that what we're, we're going gonna, with? Yeah, I think that's <laughs> what we're going to have to make a regular feature of the programme. Um, but there are some interesting political stories about, of course, today. I mean, Walcock's Westminster, it sounds like WWT, like a bit of wrestling going on. Um, sadly, <laughs> I'm not the sports type. So the Exxon's party gate, sort of the idea of Downing Street's various Christmas parties, mm. I think the total's up to seven. I mean, this story's been ticking on and ticking on, but the Daily Mirror has yet again broken another scoop, having a photo of Sean Bailey and his team having a party on December 14th. So four days before the big party that caused Boris Johnson all this trouble this year, which, I mean, I'm calling it ground zero for him because that's almost what set off everything from now on. Now, this Sean Bailey party, like, it set everyone alight yet again. There's people sort of speculating on this photo they had hot food and cold food both being served therefore it must be premeditated and it's just adding to this kind of ongoing sort of storm of people being upset that the conservative party seems to have broken their own rules it doesn't help it happened hours after matt hancock moved the capital into tier three restrictions so and that they were huddled closely together yeah okay and there's photo evidence so it's like yes meanwhile uh also covid infections in westminster yes uh Obviously, 
PMQs today is going to be likely to be very, very fiery, given all the news you've already covered and your very good interview earlier. But there are going to be at least eight MPs not attending because mm. they tested positive in the last 24 hours. One amongst them is Liberal Democrat leader Ed Davey. Um, normally, I'd be telling you sort of look to the benches behind Johnson as a sign of how much support there is, how much sort of people there are standing behind him willing to turn up. I would caution that today because some of them might be not willing to turn up because they were worried about catching COVID ahead of Christmas and having to self-isolate. Yeah. Another one to watch will be how many Conservative MPs are wearing masks after weeks refusing to do so. Yeah, and the travel list uh, has, has changed yet again. Changed yet again. It's gone, which, I mean, is a sign of how bad COVID is that the UK thinks there's really no point trying to tr- contain it to a certain few countries anymore because the spread of Omicron has already reached a point where it's effectively meaningless. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Yes, uh, on that point. So travel, uh, Europe very divided on that issue too about who to allow in and who to test. Italy adding to testing. Uh, great stuff, James. Thank you so much for being Pleasure. in the radio studio. So that's our Bloomberg reporter, James Woolcock. And yes, we are going to dub it Woolcock's Westminster Take. <laughs> well, let's get some more analysis now with Bloomberg opinion columnist Therese Raphael. Therese, thanks so much for joining us. Now, 115 Conservative MPs failed to support the Prime Minister uh, last night. We've just spoken to one of them who was uh, very strong in her condemnation of the competence of Number 10. What do you make of that uh, rebellion last night? Yeah, I mean, those are staggering numbers, and we sort of got used to rebellions under Theresa May. But, you know, just a year ago, the party seemed so united behind Boris Johnson and his Brexit agenda, and it just seemed almost like he could do no wrong. So it just shows, you know, uh, I mean, a week is a is a long time in politics, but uh, you know, a year has has brought us almost um, you know full circle to to that point uh, in Theresa May's prime ministership, where there were real questions about her leadership, and of course, we know how that ended. Um, I think you know there is there are obviously different tribes within the Tory party, and there the rebellion vote. Um, it was it reflected different sort of frustrations with the prime mm. minister so there you know were those who just object to any kind of restrictions being imposed on personal liberty at this point in the pandemic they were told at the beginning of the year that with the combination of vaccines antiviral treatment and testing these restrictions wouldn't be necessary and of course omicron uh the omicron variant seems to have changed that calculus um and quite dramatically so they're putting their foot down and saying well you know, when does this stop? How, how, you know, how long do we have on again, off again restrictions? And they're looking to obviously the economic damage as well as the personal liberty. And then I think there's another group of MPs that are, you know, were more willing to rebel now um, because of, you know, what we've seen over the past month. And as you know, James just uh, was recounting there, you know, the, the number of parties, the constant drip of leaks of photos and videos, all of which um, suggest a Downing Street operation that is, you know, either lacking in integrity or competence or both, depending on who you talk to. So there's just a greater willingness to um, oppose the prime minister, you know, partly in a way of sanctioning him for, you know, these lapses that reflect so poorly on the Tory brand. And of course, the revelation that we had um, on Tuesday night was that, you know, at Tory at Conservative Party headquarters, there was a big, apparently very premeditated um, and very festive gathering when uh, the rest of the country was was locked down. So, you know, I think it's not just uh, Boris Johnson here. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one one can sort of think the idea that that uh, fair play is sort of um, 
a stereotype about about uh, Brits in the UK, but that idea, that sense, really does run deep of of the unfairness of people not obeying the rules that they lay out, and you know it strikes a real chord with voters. I think. Speaking of which, North Shropshire in the by election there, are Tories going to lose it? And if they do, does it matter? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to predict it at this point sure. because, um, you know, a week or two ago, we would have said that is an extremely safe seat that has been held by the Tories for a very long time, um, and and they would hold it again. And it's also a seat in which Labour, you know, has has rarely, um, you know, campaigned or with any any real sort of rigor. Um, now it's just, I think, anybody's guess at how these revelations, how the rebellion against Boris Johnson, the parties, all of that will play out in this election. Um, and, you know, we, I, I think I, I'd watch turnout very closely yes. because in the last by-election we saw very low turnout. And although the Tories held it, they were, they were disappointed by the margin. Um, but, you know, they could say, well, people had other things to worry about. If we see more voters going to the polls in North Shropshire for Owen Patterson's old seat, I think we can interpret that people are a lot angrier than, you know, than, than uh, the Tories are, are hoping they will be. Um, and, you know, I, I think the other thing to say about, um, about all of this is that, you know, the Omicron variant could change the political picture quite dramatically. You know, if uh, we're, you know, we're talking about a million people having to isolate over Christmas because mm. of COVID infection, if we see hospital cases ramp up, you know, quite quickly, Johnson could look vindicated in bringing in new restrictions. I mean, some may demand why more wasn't done earlier. There could be, you know, obviously talk of... Uh, the government doesn't like to call it Plan C, but, you know, an additional tightening of restrictions. But that rebellion is going to look, you know, a, a little bit awkward in light of, of uh, you know, both increased infections and if we see more strain on the NHS. So I think that story could really change the way the, the kind of politics of the situation looks for Johnson. But, I mean, first he's got to survive uh, you know, Prime Minister's questions on Wednesday, the North Shropshire uh, by-election on Thursday, and then I think we see where we are at the end of the week. Yeah, just looking at the numbers from North Shropshire, the last election, the Tories got 63% of the vote, almost two-thirds yeah. of votes. The Lib Dems, were seen as the main challengers, got 10% of the vote. So that is that is quite a, a hill to climb. Just on those uh, Omicron restrictions, if things start to look uh, out of control in, in hospitals in the new year, um, do you think that, that Conservatives, Conservative backbenchers will will change their mind on that? Will they concede that more restrictions are needed? I think the public has been shown a great willingness to abide by whatever the uh, scientific and medical community are saying, uh, you know, is, 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 um, needs to happen. And, you know, that's been channeled, obviously, through uh, the policy leaders, Boris Johnson, who has to make a call on it. So I think if there's public support for more measures, it's going to be harder for uh, so many MPs to resist the call for them. I mean, um, as James said, you know, let's look at how many are wearing masks in Parliament. Certainly there's a lot more recently than there was before the Omicron variant arrived. Um, so, you know, I think uh, I think there will be a core that will, no matter what, oppose restrictions. And their argument will be, we are better protected against the virus now, um, and we can't go on living our lives, you know, turning, turning restrictions on and off. It'll have a devastating impact on the economy. So there will be a core that will say that. But I think Johnson will hold his majority more comfortably um, in the event that he proves vindicated in bringing in these restrictions. 
Yeah, absolutely. 60,000 you know, confirmed COVID cases in the UK on Tuesday. But the, uh, you know, the thought is, the, the calculation is that daily Omicron infections are actually about 200,000 as of Monday and the rate doubling yep. every two to three days. So, you know, the numbers could kind of uh, just get ahead of us here. Nothing, though, from the Chancellor Rishi Sunak in all of this. Um, and, you know, our, mm-hmm. our MP that we spoke to earlier, the Tory MP, Anne-Marie Morris, that was her top priority. She's saying, look, I'm down in Devon. If you uh, have cancellations for, for Devon, Christmas is an important time, but so too the spring and summer for hospitality venues. And, you know, there's no government support. Are MPs like that going to change their minds too? Yeah, I mean, that's a very interesting, I think, element in this whole picture because some of the opposition, to these new measures is also with an eye to what's happening with spending and the budget and a really deep opposition to the government spending more to, you know, to uh, compensate businesses who lose out because of these restrictions. I think Sunak himself absolutely wants to draw a line under that. Um, he wants to bring down um, uh, deficit spending. He'd like to cut taxes before the next election. They won't be able to do that if we see a kind of return to government support. So, you know, restrictions mean costs for businesses, mean more demands, as we've seen, for the Treasury to step in. And that's something that a lot of conservatives really, really oppose. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.